Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. Grateful, Lord, for the night. Pray your blessing over our time here. Pray that we feel your presence. Your provision would be enough for us. That your protection would be over us and that the power of your Holy Spirit tonight would move in this place, Lord. May my voice not be the voice that's heard. May you touch the hearts in this room with what you've laid on my heart to share with everyone tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Have a seat, everybody. Welcome to Inside Out. It's nice to see all of you tonight. Um, before I forget, I wanted to do this during the announcement time, and I didn't, so I'll let you guys know now. You'll see on your tables there's still Next Step Ministry sign-up sheets, but here's the deal. Last time we got together, I told you we were going to Cleveland, Ohio. We're not going to Cleveland anymore. So just pay attention for a second. We're not going to Cleveland. We're going to go to Elliott County, Kentucky. And the reason why they're changed, there's a couple of reasons why that changed. We've done a lot of big city trips. We've went into cities all the time so we've been doing uh, next step trips. This year we're gonna do a rural trip. In other words, we're going into small communities in Kentucky and we're gonna start doing work for small areas, doing some construction work, some trail work. But then the, the really exciting thing that I'm pretty stoked about this year is when we get back on our fun days, just north of Lexington, Kentucky, where we'll fly into, we're gonna go on one of our fun days. We're gonna take two fun days, I think, is what we're gonna plan on doing. The first one is the Noah's Ark encounter. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this or seen this, but this is supposed to be one of the most incredible things in the country that you can see, very biblically based. It's literally the size of Noah's Ark to a biblical proportion. They've got animals, they've got zip lines, they've got museums, they've got all kinds of different stuff. And then the second day, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go just north of there an hour and we're gonna take in a very large creation museum. So that's gonna be our fun day. So we're gonna be going to Elliott County, Kentucky, same dates. So if you're interested in going, make sure you put your name on the list on your table tonight because I need to know by next week if you're interested in going, not if you're going for sure, but just if you're interested in going so then we can start to talk about it, okay? If you've never been on a next step, trip, next step trip with us before, listen, it's one of the best things you'll ever do. Every year it continues to grow because students keep going back and we just get more and more students as we go, okay? So that's the information there. Now, what I wanna do tonight is we're gonna continue on this Battle Ready series that we've been talking about the last few weeks. And as you guys know, the foundational scripture for this series is Ephesians 6.12, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the dark realm. In other words, against the devil and his demons. Our battles are not with each other. I'm gonna open with a video tonight in just a second. And I want you, want you to watch the rhythm of this video. Who in this room has ever watched the movie uh, War Room? Anybody? Okay, that's your homework. If you've never seen this movie, I want you to make sure you get to watch this movie as soon as you can, okay? I'm gonna use a couple clips out of this to kind of bring together what I wanna lay on, on you guys, what I wanna lay on your heart tonight as far as what God's told me to share with you. And tonight, so we're gonna take that idea, we do not fight against flesh and blood. The last time we got together, we talked about the armor of God. Remember, we talked about the whole list and he bookended that with the truth, the, the belt of truth, sword of the spirit, should, gospels of peace, uh, shoes of the gospel of peace, um, uh, shield of faith, uh, sword of the spirit, all those things, okay? So we talked about that the last time we got together. That's the armor that we put on as Christians. But Paul bookends this thing in this whole section of scripture. He starts it with the belt of truth. That's the first thing we're put on, right? And then the last thing he puts into this equation is praying in the spirit the spirit of truth. So we're gonna to look tonight at prayer. I don't know about you guys, but that's one thing I probably could always be stronger at in my relationship with the Lord, is just sitting still and praying. 
And like I've told you guys, pray, but also listen in your prayer time too. So what I wanna do is I'm gonna open up with a video and kind of set the stage for what we're talking about tonight. In this video, this is an older lady gonna be talking to a younger lady who's having trouble in her marriage. But watch the rhythm, because I really want you guys to pick up some principles tonight of what you're gonna see in the videos that we're talking about, along with what the scripture will teach us that we'll look at in a minute out of Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. So Corey, if you'd play the video. Notice what they're getting at in that, in, that, in that scene. As they're using God's word, she's got her prayer closet set up. I would encourage you guys to make sure that you think about this idea of having a prayer closet. And tonight, what I wanna title tonight's message is a prayer strategy. How do we go to battle and have a prayer strategy? And we pray and we put together a strategy in our life of what that's gonna look like. And in this video, you see this lady saying, I used to fight wrong, but now I fight in prayer. We fight from our knees on the beginning. On the front of your bulletin, there's a saying on there that I picked up as I was doing my studies. Christians fight shoulder to shoulder and knee to knee, okay? We don't fight flesh and blood. And you notice what that lady said. You have time to fight with your husband, but you don't have time to pray. How many of you, without raising hands, how many of you in this room, including myself tonight, would have ever said, I don't have time to pray like that? Think about your day. Each one of us, every one of us have got something in common in this room. Do you know what it is? Every one of us have 24 hours in a day. That's it. It's what we choose to do with that time is how we're gonna look. That's gonna, that's, what we choose to do with our time is how we're gonna develop ourselves spiritually. And if you guys get this rhythm of prayer that we'll talk about tonight, you will be very strong in your faith and you'll be able to fight better. Because this idea that Paul's getting at in this is that the idea of prayer, all it does is it puts the rest of the armor into action. Because I always look at it this way. In my mind, I've got a vivid imagination. So I see this idea of praying every morning. I got my armor laying right there in a pile, right? What do I have to do? I have to bend down to pick up my armor to put on my armor. So as I put my armor down, I take that posture of prayer, even if it's not physically, in my heart spiritually, I take a posture of prayer every day when I start my day. Okay, and that's one thing I wanna look at tonight. This, I wanna give you guys a prayer strategy, okay? I've got you guys some small group questions you can look at later on, but I wanna read the scripture. It's not very long, and then we're gonna dig into what I believe we can pull out of this from what Paul says. So he's gotten done, he's, remember, and remember this. In chapter six, this is such a critical thing to keep everything in context. In chapter six, he talks about how Husbands and wives are not supposed to fight and how they're supposed to get along. He's talking about how children obey your parents because it's, it pleases the Lord to do that. He talks about how slaves are supposed to be with their masters. This whole framework of Paul setting this up is that we don't fight horizontally, you guys. It seems like we do, but we don't. Every battle, I believe, is outside of Christ. I mean, God, do you see wars in scripture? Yes, but when you see relational fighting going on in your families, that's the devil doing the work. That is not God doing that work. And like we talked about, stopping and praying and building yourself a prayer strategy. So Paul says this, and as he sets this up, goes through, we don't fight against flesh and blood. He goes through the armor of God, and then he gets down to verse 18. And he says, this is out of the New King James, and I, I use this uh, translation purposely, and I'll show you why in a minute. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There's your prayer strategy. It doesn't seem like much, but what we're gonna look at in this small scripture has a lot to say with how we're gonna fight spiritually and in prayer. The very first thing you see is the, the priority of prayer. Praying always. Prayer 
is the way we fight the battle spiritually. If you're getting your hind end kicked and you're losing the temptation, if you'll back up, the very first thing I always ask everyone who comes into my office or we go have coffee together and they're struggling spiritually, how's your devotional life? It's one of the first things I'll ask anybody I talk to and almost verbatim every single time, well, it could be better. I don't read my Bible as much as I should and I don't pray as much as I should and then we walk, we walk around like Christians wondering why we have this trouble. We live in a fallen world and fallen, pe- fallen bodies around fallen people who have a free will and we wonder why life is hard on us. You guys, we have to pray. We gotta pray more than what we're doing already and as you grow older, it seems like older folks become very strong prayer warriors and I think it's because they become a bit more stationary in their lives. When you guys are running around and doing everything that you're doing in school and your jobs and college credits, I get that you don't have time to pray. Do you? Or are you just choosing not to make time to do your devotional time? I'm gonna step on your toes because we've all got 24 hours a day. You guys, we, this is absolutely vital that you guys pick up this rhythm now in your life, not later on, but now and start to pray. So we fight the battle that way. P- prayer is how we put on the armor of God and put it into action. That's why Paul says we should, he, listen, in this scripture, in the Greek, in the Greek tense in this, in this verse, Paul's not making a suggestion here, you guys. Paul's not saying, well, you know what would be a really good idea? You should pray more. No, this is a command coming from the Apostle Paul to the believers. Are you a believer in this room? Then this is a command coming from the general down to the troops to say, if you wanna stay alive, here's what you have to do. It's a command that he tells us, and the reason he gives us that command, that's why he says pray always or at all times, That's why he does that. He commands us to pray always and at all times. The priority of prayer is the very first thing we're gonna look at. But okay, Dan, that's great. How do you pray all the time? Think about this. What'd your day look like today? We talk about this a lot in this room, but I wanna lay this at your feet again. Adults too. This isn't just for the students. What'd your day look like? Let me ask you this way. How often did you consider Christ as you lived throughout your day today? How often did you, were you in conversation with God today as your day went? Prayers, prayer is just this, you guys. Everybody makes it so hard. I can't read King James and I can't speak King James and I can't pre, pray King James. When I pray, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like me talking to you, but I'm talking to God. And I'm talking with a reverent heart because he's God and I'm not. We sang he's my friend, yes, and I get that in scripture, but he's God, I'm not, but I talk to God exactly like I talk to you guys, to be very honest with you. That's exactly how it looks like you should make quick prayers, brief prayers, and create that habitual response in every situation you face throughout your day. My day is this. I'll show you what my day looks like, because here, here's what I would tell you. I'm very good, I believe I'm very strong in my life at continual prayer. I'm very weak in my life when it comes to my prayer closet. I'll just be very honest with you guys. For me to sit still in the morning, and I do it, but it's not the strongest part of my walk, and it should be, and it's something I'm gonna be working on as well. My wife and I will sit together in the morning, we'll do a quick devotional, and we pray together. We got a specific place in the the house where we pray and all that kind of stuff as well. But that could be stronger, but for me to live my life with Christ, I'm in constant conversation with God. And I don't think people realize, my wife knows that, but I am literally in constant conversation with God all day long. I told a student this one time, thoughts, Christ. Thoughts, Christ. Thoughts, 
Christ. Whatever I'm thinking, I'm considering Christ. Whatever I'm doing, I'm talking to God. I'm leaning into God. I'm thanking him for taking care of me. I, I, you see an ambulance go by, Lord, thanks for taking care of me today. Whatever that is, I'm just in constant conversation with God. It doesn't sound any different than this. So if you want to know what it looks like to pray always or at all times, it's just creating a habit of doing this, talking to God. Let's say you're really good at your prayer closet. You go over and you sit down in your prayer closet every day and you sit there and you pray and you read your Bible and then you get done with your 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever that is, and then you get up and you leave and you never consider God or never chat with him again until the next morning when you do the same thing. That's gonna weaken your relationship as you walk throughout your day. Does that make sense to you guys? So being always in constant prayer with him, open lines of communication, just do this. Okay, you ready? A lot of people will say this to me, Dan, I don't know how to pray. I say, well, we're having a conversation right here, right? And they're like, yep, just take it and turn it north. You guys don't make it any harder than that. When you sit down for a test at school, can I tell you what to do? Before you ever start the test, I want you to pray and ask for God's help. Because then at the end of the test, guess what you do? Lord, thank you for helping me. As you're taking the test, I can't, Lord, I don't remember what this is. Please help me with this. God loves you. He dwells in your heart. He wants to have a conversation with you throughout the day. And then at the end of that, no matter how the test turns out, even if you didn't do as good as you wanted to, what would you do? Lord, thank you for helping me. Why? Because I prayed by faith at the beginning. Lord, help me get through this. And at the end of it, I prayed no matter what the outcome is, thank you, Lord, for helping me. Why? Because he gets the glory for whatever's being done at that time. Does that make sense to you guys? You're driving through town and you're, you're, you see something, you're like, Lord, thank you for taking care of me. Kids call during the day, there's something they say to me. I'm like, Lord, thank you for taking care of my kids. I'm going through the store, Lord, thank you for this or thank you for that. I'm constantly talking to God. That's the way I've lived my life for 23 years. So it's such a natural habit for my life that I don't know how to do it any other way. The principle of continual prayer is taught all throughout the scripture. I've got references there for you guys to go look up and read, please. But we should stay prayed up since we know the devil never takes a break. Anybody ever get the sense that the devil never takes a break besides me? <laughs> He's lurking around the next corner. He's lurking around the next experience. He's lurking around the next relationship waiting for you so he can cut you off at the pass. It's like one of those westerns where you're riding around in the canyon and you're getting ambushed all the time by the enemy. So you better stay prayed up. If you're not prayed up, you're gonna struggle in the battle. Even if you got your armor on, the prayer is what puts all of it into action. The second thing is the pattern of prayer. The pattern of prayer is this. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, prayer and the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, go hand in hand together. You hear me? They go hand in hand together. You have to realize when you pray, you learn to pray scripture, you have a supernatural power that will drive the, the devil crazy. I wanna play another video clip for you right now to show you what this looks like when you pray. When you sit, oh, you guys, the reason why the sword of the spirit is so important is we, rem we memorize the scripture. The Holy Spirit of God, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind me of all the things Jesus has taught me. If I'm not in the Word and I'm not memorizing Scripture, I'm not reminded of anything. Does that make sense? I want to have a bucket full of Scriptures that God can remind me of when I'm in a battle. And one of them you're going to hear tonight is, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You guys, that's a promise. 
Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not resist the devil and he's going to go away. It's submit to God, and then you resist the devil, and he will flee. Scripture changes everything when you pray. When we put the truth of God into action during our prayer time, we have a supernatural force that the enemy can't stand, and you will experience more victory than you ever have. So watch the lady that we just watched here. Watch how she uses scripture in the battle that she's in. Hold on. To set this up, her husband's doing something stupid. She's at home. Her husband and her and her marriage is still falling apart at this time. This lady's taught her, the older lady taught her how to set up her closet as a prayer closet, and now you'll see how she's going to fight the battle with the enemy. You guys are in a fight. And I love that video because it shows that there is a battle to be had, but you notice what she fights with? She fights with the word of God. When she started to read that, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. That's the sword of the spirit with the armor of God. And you guys are in a fight and there's gonna have to come times when you're gonna have to say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing your game any longer, Satan. I don't have to in the name of Jesus because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can stand up and go in the name of Jesus. No, I don't have to do that anymore. Do you realize you don't have to give in to temptation? You don't have to sin. But what you do is you learn to fight the right way. You learn that you don't fight against someone else. You're fighting against the devil. And if it's a spiritual battle, we need to do spiritual things so that we can win the battle. And that's where this whole series, this battle-ready idea comes in. The word supplication means this. This is why I picked the New King James Version. The word supplication simply means this. It means to ask for something in prayer. You guys listen to me. In Romans, Paul refers to God as Abba Father. That means Daddy. That means you have a relationship with your Father in heaven that you can ask him for things. Please don't think you can't ask God for things. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. But we have to ask with a humble heart and we have to ask that it's his will. Remember when Jesus was in the garden, this is the best way you guys can pray. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was getting ready to drink the cup of wrath, of God, that God's wrath that was meant for me and for you and he drank it upon himself, what did he say? He says, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass before me, let it be so. But not my will, but your will be done. You know, the crazy thing about that is that prayer was answered. That prayer was answered because Jesus prayed, not my will. Lord, this is what I ask, but I don't want it to be my will. I want it to be your will. Let your will be done in my life. Does that make sense to you guys? So when you pray, don't be afraid to ask God for stuff. He loves you. He wants, he, you're his kids. In Philippians uh, 4, 6, it says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about what? Pray about what? Everything. Paul says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he has done. Ask with a surrendered heart that his will would be done in your life, even in the midst of what you're asking. When I know people that are sick, we're praying, Lord, heal them. I pray that it's your will that these people would be healed. Lord, we're asking for you for this blessing because we know you're able to, and we just pray that it's your will that it may be done. Does that make sense to you guys? 
But we don't just pray for God. We don't just ask things in prayer. We also do it a different way. We can pray for, we can, we can do prayer, prayers of praise, thankfulness and confession and intercessions for other people. Listen, there is a, there's very few things on this planet that are stronger, I believe, than a thankful heart in prayer. When, if it, when Paul says in the book of Philippians that you thank God for all that he's done, you thank God. Pray and thank God for the things that he's done for you. Not whining about the things he didn't do for you. Make sense? If you have nothing else to thank God for, thank God for the cross. Thank God for the death of our Savior. Thank God for the empty tomb of a resurrected Savior. Those are great things, you guys, and that changes the attitude of our hearts. Intercession is this. Intercession is just literally praying for someone else. Watch. You having a bad day sometimes? I've told everybody that will listen to me, I'll tell them the same thing over and over again. If you're having a bad day, get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off yourself and start praying for other people because it'll take, it'll take about five minutes for you to find somebody else that's got it worse than you do. And that helps with your heart. That doesn't mean that your stuff goes away, but it puts it into perspective before God of what it really is. There is such a joy in intercessory prayer. And intercessory prayer is just praying for someone else. So here's the deal. When someone comes to mind, you're living your life and you're just going through your day and someone comes to mind, I want you to stop just quietly. You don't have to hit your knees and, oh, Father in heaven, you don't do that. You just, as you're walking the halls of school, guess what? As you're walking the halls of school, guess what you can do? You can be praying for people. You understand? When you pass somebody, how many times do you pass somebody in a hallway at school and they look like they're burdened in their eyes? You look at their eyes and they look like they're struggling or just having a bad day, right? Pray for them. Just as you walk by them, just pray right there on the spot. Lord, I don't know what Catherine's going through, but I just pray for her in the name of Jesus. Lifted her boldly to the throne of grace that you'd meet her and help her with whatever it is she's going through. You guys have got a prayer field at school. I was there the other day at Thunder Basin. I'm like, oh my, my heart just broke. I feel so bad that you guys have got to live in that mess, but in a way, I don't feel bad for you because there's so much opportunity for you spiritually there if you'll just take it. So praying for other people. Paul also commands us to pray in the Spirit. I'm gonna get through this one a little bit quicker and finish up the last point point. get you guys to your small groups. Praying in the Spirit is simply this. Watch me, look at me. A lot of people are gonna tell you praying in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. That is not what this means. Now, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. That's a whole different conversation, but praying in the Spirit is simply this. The Spirit helps you pray. Have you ever sat down like this? Have you ever just taken a moment and you just were like, okay, Dan, I'm gonna do what you say. I'm gonna sit right here and I'm gonna pray. And you're like, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't have any idea what to pray about. I don't even know what to turn. I, how do I even talk to God? You know what you do? You say, Lord, in your Spirit, the Holy Spirit that dwells in my heart, help me to know what to pray for. And guess what he'll do? He will help you. He will guide you. He will, as I wrote down in your, praying in the Spirit is simply this. The Spirit helps lead us when we pray. He gives me confidence to know God's with me. He inspires me and guides me. He helps me to communicate with God. And he also does this. He helps me, the Holy Spirit helps me to receive the message that God has back for me in my time of prayer. The Holy Spirit is such an important role in this. Paul bookends this, like I said earlier. He starts with, this, he starts with the belt of truth and armor of God. And then he finishes with praying in the spirit. And Jesus says the spirit that will come be the spirit of truth. That's who the Holy Spirit is. So he bookends this with truth. And the, the, the truth is the word. You look at the sword of the spirit, you start praying in the spirit, you use the word, and everything will change for you. And if you ever wonder how to start and finish your prayers, maybe you could do it this way. The biblical pattern for prayer is I pray, say, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. 
Because Jesus says in John 14, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's where you pray in Jesus' name. That's why it's so important to open and close in Jesus' name, amen, that it would be so. And in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit ministers to my heart and lets me know what I should and shouldn't be praying about. And he lets me know how to pray with the right attitude, with the submitted heart. And it humbles me in the process of being, that's where Paul says to pray in the Spirit. And then the last thing is this, the persistence in prayer. So when you look at a prayer strategy, the priority of prayer, the pattern of prayer, and the persistence of prayer is this. Make, your, make prayer a lifestyle. Pray without ceasing. Be, be on guard, be vigilant, be wide awake. Persistence in prayer is not the attempt to try to convince God to give me what I'm praying about. Get this, please. So if I constantly and persistent in prayer, it is not me trying to convince God that he needs to give me my way. That's not what we're talking about. It is that really in all reality, so I'm ready to receive the message that God has for me and the answer that he gives me. Yes, no, maybe, not yet, whatever that answer is, praying persistently before God, seeking his face, praying for his will to be done, I'm able to receive the answer that he has for me with the right heart that way. Pray continually according to God's will until he tells you to stop. God, I promise you, I know you guys are young, but some of the other leaders might be able to back me up on this, but I promise you, God will let you know when it's time to quit praying. God will let you know. He'll give you a check in your heart. He'll give you peace in your heart. Say, I don't want to pray about this anymore. Just wait on me. Just wait. We'll talk about it later. God will let you know when that time comes, but till then, you keep praying. Stick to it. Don't stop praying. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. Go to your small groups. Listen to me, you guys. Please take the time to honestly pray to talk about your prayer life in your small groups, if you would. Be honest with each other. Encourage one another. See if you guys can come up with some solutions, adults and students alike, that might help bolster your prayer life a little bit. Go to your, go to your small groups, and we'll turn back to the front here in just a little bit. another video here in just a second but I want to give you guys a little bit of food for thought okay I want you guys to really hang on to this idea of taking praying in the spirit and the sword of the spirit and putting those two together because I really believe that's where a lot of Christians would get stronger in their life so here's what I want to give you an idea of I want to give you a, a couple of things that are promises of God that you can pray for that are good promises. One, that we can, refer, we can receive forgiveness. And when I talk about forgiveness, okay, so let's say I know someone in my life that I want them to be saved. We want them to be saved. We want them to know Jesus, right? So there's nothing wrong with me going to God and saying, Lord, save this person. Change their heart. Wreck their life. Do whatever you have to do to get to them so that they might experience salvation. There's nothing wrong with asking God that. But that's not what God said he would do in Scripture, God said he will not, the, the big word is that he will not thwart a person's free will when it comes to relationship with him. In other words, he will not make you love him and give your life to him. He wants you to surrender your life. He wants, to, wants you to voluntarily. So what we, my wife and I have learned to do, what we do now, is we pray, we ask, Lord, save them, please. I don't want to see them. I love this person, whatever that is, but my end of my prayer is, Lord, but I know this much. You'll keep talking to them. So just keep talking to him, Lord. I pray that you put people across their path. Because see, God says, the Bible says, God tarries that no one should perish. So he wants someone to be saved. He's not gonna force them to be saved. But through the Holy Spirit, he will convict them, draw them near to him, and he'll speak to their hearts. Does that make sense? So why is that so important? Because if I pray what the word says and I pray what God says he'll do, I'm encouraged in my prayer because God answers that prayer. 
People walk around so much being discouraged. Well, God never answers my prayer. That's because you're putting words in God's mouth most of the time. Don't pray like that. You pray scripture, and then you can, I heard a pastor one time say he held his Bible up. He's like, Lord, here's the scripture right here, and I'm praying this over my life. And I'm trusting that in your good timing, in your will, it'll be done. Because he's reminding God of what he promised. Another one is, God promises to give you peace. In John 14, 27, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm stressed out, and I'm stressed out a lot like everybody else on the planet is, when I think about my stress, I think, man, I stress, I got this to do, I got that test to take, I got this athletic event to go to, I got that college course I'm taking. I'm thinking about being stressed out, and it never helps. But if I pray about being stressed out, and I, I cast my anxiety upon the Lord because he cares for me, I'm offloading that burden, and Jesus says, Take your anxieties, take your stresses and cast them upon me because I care for you and he will care for you then. That's another scripture. God will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. John 14, 27, Jesus says, I don't give peace as the world gives peace. I give peace that surpasses all understanding and the peace of God will reign in your heart. Another one is God promises to give us guidance and wisdom. Psalm 32, 8. So you pray that. You get out your Bible and you pray out loud, Psalm 32, 8. You get out your Bible and you pray out loud. I think it's probably James chapter 1, verse 7. Somewhere right in there where it says, If you lack wisdom, you ask God and he will give it abundantly without finding fault. I'm asking, Lord, I'm needing wisdom. I'm praying those scriptures over my life. I'm praying the promise of growth. Philippians 1, 6 says, He'll help you what he began, he'll finish you can grow in Christ, those kind of scriptures, and then give me grace, Lord. I need your grace. The grace, that, the grace that enables me to live out the Christian life. Hebrews 4, 16 is a great scripture for that. So finding a way to do that, but here's the other thing, and I'll close with this. A couple of last thoughts. Pray intentionally. It took me a long time to learn this, you guys. God is very detailed and very intentional in the scriptures. So if God's personality, if I could put it that way, is very detailed, I need to pray very detailed. When I went down and I was sick a couple years ago, Rachel and I learned to pray very detailed. I would pray this way. My lungs were full of COVID. I was full of pneumonia. I wasn't doing well, sucking on an oxygen tube, right? So I would, I would pray this all the time. I'd say, Lord, as the leper stood before you, knelt down and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And I used to pray that and I said, Lord, if you're willing, please make me clean. Because I believe with all my heart like that, God could clear my lungs up. And I still believe he healed me. I still believe he put me back on my feet because I prayed intentionally and it was in his will and in his good timing to say, okay, you're up, you're back to youth group, go do what I told you to do. But praying intentionally, I pray, Lord, I know you're able to do this. This is what I'm asking for. My constant prayer is this. Lord, you say I have not because I ask not. So Lord, this is my ask. It's exactly how I talk to God. Lord, this is my ask. I don't want to see this person go through this. None of us want to see this happen. I know you're able to heal them. I'm just praying that it's your will, Lord. I'm lifting this up to the throne of grace because I know you're able. I'm just praying it's your will that it would be done. And if it's not his will to fulfill that prayer, then he has something better in his mind down the road. And I just get to trust him that it's true. Does that make sense to you guys? So pray the scripture. Pray the promises of God. Learn to do that. Learn to recite those. Memorize the words so you can fight well and win in the spiritual battle that we're in. And Charles Spurgeon said it this way when I was doing my studies. Don't become poor in prayer. Don't become poor in prayer. You go to the bank. You go to the bank in prayer. You go to that bank and you pray like crazy. Makes sense? Because if you're not going to the bank of prayer, 
you're becoming poor in prayer. And when you can become poor in prayer, I promise you, you'll find you struggle more in your Christian walk. You will become wobbly, you'll become unstable if you're not praying a lot. Does that make sense to you guys? So what I wanna do is I wanna challenge you guys with a thought. I'm gonna close with the video and then you guys can stay, pray at your tables, whatever you wanna do, but I wanna close with this video because I just like it. How's that? I think it's an awesome video. It ramps me up, but I want you to listen to the video and I, wanted, I want you to ask God, Lord, help me to do this that this lady is praying about in this video. Help me to be the one in your generation you guys, we need your generation. That's why I love being a youth pastor so much because my kids and myself are depending on how you guys grow up as Christians. So are you gonna be the generation that is gonna be raised up? Watch the video and then we'll close in prayer. All right, if you're new in here, forgive me. I'm gonna do something odd. I want all you guys to stand on your feet, please. All my life, I've wanted to be a warrior. All my life, I've wanted to be that man of battle. That one, I wanted to be that guy that knew if something happened, I could stand in the gap for my friends and family. I've always wanted to be a warrior. One of the biggest disappointments I have is I never served in the military because I want that as a man. I want to be that warrior. Does that make sense to you guys? But here's the deal. Every one of you can be a warrior in this room. I've always wanted to be a prayer warrior. That's my deepest desire is to be a prayer warrior. I'm not sure I'm that guy, but that's my desire. So what I want all of us to do is get here in the middle of this mess, right here in the center of the room. And I want us all, come on in here, come on, act like you like each other. We're gonna close a little odd. I want all of us to take the posture of prayer, a posture of a prayer warrior, and that looks like this. So everybody, if you would join me this way. If you wanna fight the good fight of faith, this is where we fight it from. We don't fight it with our hands and our fists and our guns and our weapons. All that takes place in this world when God calls that to be so. But right here is where every Christian should fight from. Not with your hands, not with your fists, but with a posture in your heart of prayer towards God because that's how you're gonna defeat the devil. I know this, every person I'm talking to tonight in this room is going through something in their life that's a challenge. I know you are because we live in that fallen world like we've talked about, you guys, and this is hard. But I want you to realize if you wanna have victory in those things in your lives that are challenging, if you'll follow this pattern of prayer tonight, making prayer a priority, following that pattern that scripture teaches us, and then persistence in your prayer life, and you never quit, and you never give up, but this is how you fight, right here. Always remember this, please. Always remember that it's a spiritual battle and we need to fight spiritually. So let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And we are grateful, Lord, to have an opportunity just to quiet our hearts tonight. And I pray for anyone in here that's uncomfortable with this right now, Lord, good. I'm glad they're uncomfortable. Because, but I want them to get familiar with this. And the only reason why people are uncomfortable right now, if that is the case, is because we're just not used to it. This is not who I am and how I behave. But Lord, this is your way of battle. This is your way that you want us to fight as Christians. We need to fight in prayer, fighting with prayer being a priority, fighting to know that pattern that Paul laid before us tonight, and fighting with persistence, Lord, that we never give up and we never give in. I wanna be that prayer warrior that scripture calls me to be, but I can't do it without you. I can't do it without your grace. So we need your help. I don't wanna get up from this place tonight thinking I'm gonna go be a prayer warrior. No, I wanna get up from this place with a humble heart, submitted to you, and then you allow me by your grace to become that prayer warrior that you've called us to be. May we be that generation, no matter what the age is in this room, Lord, may we be that generation raised up 
to fight the right way as Christians. Help us. Help us to remember, Lord. Help us to have that desire to do these things by your grace to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you guys. Have a good night, guys.